This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. To BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM with Joe Ostrowski. Lion stuff is just, oh my God, I just want to vomit. Aaron Hawksworth. Woo! That's all I have to say to that. And Ed Egros. We will do the work for you. On the BetQL Network. Greetings and welcome to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Oxworth here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app, watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL on YouTube, and follow us on X at BetQL Daily. Joining us on the show today, Vaughn Dalzell from NBC Sports helps us navigate the NBA in-season tournament. And then at 11 o'clock Eastern time, Brad Powers shares his favorite bets for championship week in college football. But first, today is the Why Did I Buy That on Cyber Monday edition of BetQL Daily. And the one thing that I regret buying that I would like to share with you guys is the notion that Josh Dobbs is a consistent quarterback. (laughs) 22 of 32, 185 yards, one score, four interceptions, two sacks against this Bears defense with a lot of rookies and inconsistent scheming. Are you kidding me? Bears won the turnover margin by two, despite Justin Fields having an average depth of target of 2.7 yards, which is a career low. I feel like, Joe, you and I could throw a football 2.7 yards consistently. But guess what? The Bears won outright. Plus 142 on the money line went way under no matter when you got it, Joe. Yeah, that's uh, what Luke Getzey wanted yesterday with all those bubble screens. It was a lot of fun. Were you really buying into Dobbs? I think like we all knew it was going to end at some point that, yeah, there, there's a little spark there. Okay. Without Justin Jefferson again, is it really going to continue? There's a reason he's been on so many teams. I mean, were you, you weren't really buying it, right? I, he wasn't a top 10 quarterback, never was going no, to be, but I wonder not. in that system, if he was going to be at least serviceable to where in a game like this, where your opponent is not scoring a single touchdown and basically <laughs> they just have one play that they're running all game long I figure he could win that. That is a minimum requirement for a starting quarterback, I reckon. Yeah. No, I mean, he was issues number one, two, and three last night for the Minnesota Vikings. And there were some other things that certainly did pop up. Like, oh, I don't know. Hey, Flores, why are you stopping with the pressure? This is what you do. And Fields wasn't handling it all that well throughout the game. We saw that. And then you 
you give up the explosive play and it was more wide open in the middle of the field to set up the field goal. Bears win without getting into the end zone. Bears win without scoring a touchdown. <laughs> we almost had a touchdownless game, which was uh, hanging around 100 to 1 at a lot of books uh, last night. It was it was a rough, rough watch. It is so stupid, man. It's just so dumb. Like, just the reaction. People that don't know how to win, they're not used to it. Like, they don't know how to react. They're like, oh, my God. See, you can't sit here and tell me Fields isn't improving. You you can't. You can't watch this game and and, and tell me that. Dude, they didn't score a touchdown in the game. Like, what are you doing? What are we talking about? Oh, it's all Getsy. It's all Getsy. No, how do you really judge Fields because of the, of the bubble screens and all this? And the, No, we've seen enough. Just stop. And then, oh, e- oh maybe they're, maybe they're going to keep Eberflus. Just a, a win makes people really dumb. Like, I know you haven't won an <laughs> NFC North game before. Yeah, it's like we're on the back end of year two. That was Eberflus's first divisional win. And, like, there's people like, oh, maybe continuity. You know, he's a really good defensive mind since he's become the defensive coordinator of the team. Yeah, it's just so dumb. People are so stupid. I am shocked. That's the narrative in Chicago? I mean, I hear it. What is going on? I'm not going to say it's the narrative in Chicago. I'm just saying there are idiots in every single fan base. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, look, it's amazing. My my big takeaway from the Bears' perspective last night, and this is not surprising, and we've had conversations about this. It's not about Fields. It's not about Getsy. It's about DJ Moore. It's a guy that ended up making the play of the game. It's amazing. 11 catches, 114 yards on 13 targets. That's the most targets he's had all year. And let's see. There are six times this year DJ Moore has been targeted nine-plus times. Okay? Six times. Their four wins, and last week's comeback, late loss against the Lions, great comeback by the Lions. That's on the defense at the end. And then do you remember the crazy comeback by Russell Wilson and company at Soldier Field when the Bears were up by a massive amount? Those are the six games. Four wins, and then two more games that they should have won. Um, And and also, Aaron Montez Sweat from the Commanders. He has come in (laughs) and made an impact. Every single game, and and you see it, just having actually one pass rusher as opposed to zero on this team has really helped this defense. <laughs> yeah, because I woke up thinking the Bears are in such a great position. You've got the cap space. You've got the draft picks. You're most likely getting, uh, hopefully, finally, a quarterback of the future there in Chicago. And really, yeah. you've got some pieces already there. I, I mean, it's pretty exciting you know what can happen next season as for the other side of the ball oof josh dobbs now it makes sense why the dude's been on like 20 teams is this what we're getting now moving (laughs) forward and i know we're going to talk about coach of the year later in the show but does this hurt kevin o'connell a little bit too because there's a little stink around it i think now because josh dobbs looks so bad you can't say oh kevin o'connell is this hero look what he's done I mean, yes, it's just one game, but still we see these award markets. Things can get a bit, you know, volatile game to game <laughs> in terms of the odds. Oh, I wouldn't say it's a little bit, Aaron. I'd say it's a lot of it. 
as far as Kevin O'Connell and being a coach of the year candidate. Like, I don't know how, like, even if the Vikings do make the playoffs come out, like if somehow they still do it. And look, it's a very serious possibility. And it's something I know we're going to talk about later in the show because it is futures day. But if the Vikings do somehow make the playoffs, it might be despite Josh Dobbs. And does that mean Kevin O'Connell deserves to be coach of the year because somehow they stumble into the spot? I don't think voters are going to look at it that way. I think they're going to look at it as a, well, somebody has to get the seventh seed in the NFC wild card. Somebody mm. has to get it. And it just happens to be the Minnesota Vikings. And that's fine. But the regression to the mean thing when it comes to one possession games, that reigns supreme. If I could give regression to the mean coach of the year, that's who I would give it to. The entity that is losing one possession games after going 11-0 the season prior. A lot of this is just not knowing how to close things out and doing really funky things like not applying pressure to Justin Fields on that final drive. Are you doing it just because you want to be unpredictable? Well, that's not working because when Fields is standing in the pocket like that, he's actually a competent quarterback. It's when you make him roll to the outside and make him make split-second decisions, that's when things get tricky. It's always been that way. Yeah, he's a phenomenal scrambler and a great design runner, but you're putting him in harm's way. That's when bad things tend to happen. So why would you play that final drive any differently, knowing full well that you've been largely successful leading up to that point? You know, one other thing that really stands out to me is that, you know, Kevin O'Connell, as aggressive as he can be on fourth down, that punt, though, at the end of the game where maybe they could have gone after a 60-yard field goal, it was an interesting decision. Joe, I'd love to know what you think about it because on the one hand, like, I understand, like, your defense has been playing well enough, but on the other hand, a field goal there probably would have iced things because you don't really trust Justin Fields in the red zone. Right. I mean, that's it. They can't get into the end zone. That's it. No. Um, sometimes you just you you got to watch the game. And OK, right. are they are they going to get into the end zone? I mean, that's that's it. Yeah. The, the metrics tell us this is a positive EV play. This is a negative EV play. Yeah, coaches don't care too much about that. You, you've got to watch the game that's in front of you. And there wasn't anything, any reason to suggest. Now, the other part is, like, with Eberflus, I watch him every week, and I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know if he's going to be aggressive. It's Does he know, Does he know what he's going to do? No. <laughs> I don't think – no, he's flipping a coin. It's asking somebody else. Like, maybe he texts his mom real quick. Like, hey, what do you think I should do sure. here? It's just – there's no rhyme <laughs> or reason. Like, okay, now I'm going to be yeah, the aggressive right. guy. Now I'm going to be the conservative guy. Oh, now, oh, I'm a defensive-minded guy, and we've got a really good kicker, which was a, a big surprise that Santos missed that kick uh, early in the game after they had that really nice drive because he's been so terrific this year. Like, oh, yeah, we got a great kicker. Like, yeah, no. Um, I, I never know what's going to happen with that guy. But, you know, on the field front, let's still, those two fourth-quarter fumbles happen too. Like, <laughs> that happened. <laughs> like, people forget about yeah. it. It was looking like the Bears were going to lose uh, being plus four in the turnover margin until those last couple of fumbles by Fields that, to help things out a little bit on the other side, or plus three at least. Um, so, right. yeah, I mean, the Bears do have some pieces, and I don't. it's not a complete teardown. Like I, we mentioned the sweat edition moving forward. Jalen Johnson was terrific last night. And I know Dobbs was really bad. Like, 
it was embarrassing when Dobbs couldn't even throw the ball in bounds to a wide open Addison uh, down the sideline. I'm like, oh my god, this is just so rough, so bad. I is he the quarterback the rest of the year? I don't know. I think O'Connell's out think, for coach of the year. They have six losses already. Oh, t- they're, they're not running to- the table. Totally. Yeah. I agree. I mean, at this point, they might not even make the playoffs. And he no. says he's going to look at Nick Mullins now. Oh, my I mean, God. it's just bad. That's not good. It, oh, Lion stuff. Lion stuff. I mean, they're celebrating last night, right? Not done? Division-wise? Yeah. Yeah. I think, it's... Well, I mean, can the Packers make a run at this? I mean, that was a nice win over the Lions, I suppose. True. But it, it does feel stuff. like too little too late for the other three. Yeah, right. <laughs> Packers stuff. Someone holding a Packers division ticket, I'd like to believe in something. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't hate that. <laughs> I mean, they're playing better. Do they have to run the table in this division? They they're three back in the yeah, loss column with time running out here. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah, you probably do at this rate. I, I think that's probably after a the play. Chiefs game, though. It's not a tough schedule for the Packers. You got at the Giants. The Bucks, Panthers, uh, Vikings, and Bears. But yeah, isn't but... that saying like if you're playing the Chiefs, like it's yes, over. That's we're going to cut ends. off your big toe, but you still have nine other toes to be functioning for the rest yeah. of your life. Like you still have that one game that you probably do have to win, and despite that, like you can't win against the Chiefs, then that doesn't say a whole lot about everything else. Just because, man, if the it's Packers too beat the late. Chiefs. That would be wild. Right? That'd be nuts. They could. Yeah. It's possible. Maybe all mean, the bad yeah. wide receiver play for the Chiefs. Yeah. Sure. Man, I don't I don't know why Dobbs doesn't go to Hawkinson. Like it's it's very strange. Like, there was oh one drop, it was a three and out. It was like they targeted him three straight times. And then the only touchdown of the game, Hawkinson scores. He's an awesome player. He's, you know, top three tight end for my money in this league right now, especially with Andrews out. Yeah. But I, I just don't understand why they don't go to him. He had six grabs for 50 yards on six targets. Like, he catches everything mm-hmm. you throw to him. I just – it doesn't make sense to me. There there was a lot of thing, things not making sense on the Viking side of things last night. Was Dobbs just nervous? Was it a mental breakdown Monday night football? Like, all the hype? It just – I don't understand it. It's the, so the weird. The Kirk Cousins influence? prime reverted game. right back to like bad version of jobs <laughs> yeah crazy to me no it was it, it was not good like the bears are pretty good de- defense but yeah no it's we saw this guy in arizona it, though. too though we we did see this right. guy have games like this in arizona yes sure this, this is him yeah this is basically him like he can have good yeah. games and maybe it was just variance that his first game in a Vikings uniform on a short week where he's still getting to know everyone's names, maybe that was just variance. Like, it was just random yeah. that that was going to be his good game. And I think when we're evaluating good quarterbacks, it's not so much like, what is your ceiling? It's how consistent can you play well? And what we're learning from Dobbs is that he's going to have bad games, and that's why he's been floating around from one place to another. If he were doing it consistently, he wouldn't be a journeyman quarterback. And that's probably something that's going to be really challenging as far as betting on the Vikings going forward is, okay, can the Vikings overcome a bad Dobbs game? That's the first question. And then the second question is, will it be a bad Dobbs game? And right now, as I look at it, I don't know how you can figure out 
when the bad Dobbs games will happen. It's possible the rest of the games could be bad, and then they'll have to switch quarterbacks. But if there is a good Dobbs game somewhere, some way, somehow, I have no idea when it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And another storyline last night, it was a big one going in in the gambling world. It was completely sweat-free if you were holding an under ticket. Monday Night Football (laughs) unders are now 13-1. and Is there any rhyme or reason? Is there something to this, or is it just it's yeah. an under year and the the Monday ones just happen to be hitting at a much higher rate than any other part of the schedule? Well, I think it's a combination of terrible offensive line play, which we've been talking about, good defenses, and bad quarterbacks. The bad quarterbacks is what stands out for me. Uh, you just <laughs> happen to be getting a lot of bad ones at, at just the wrong time, and ultimately – Lack of points, and that's how you get all these unders. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Next, it's time to take a look at updated NFL team futures. Steelers are in the mix for the AFC North. Some make-or-miss playoffs in the AFC playoff picture. We'll talk about those bets as well. That's coming up right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily. The BetQL Network has the basketball season on lockdown. Charles Barkley. The Celtics are my pick to win this thing, but the one problem they had the last couple years, man, Tatum and Brown take awful shots, and they make bad basketball decisions down the stretch. I think having a guy like Drew Holiday is going to be a great addition to that team because he's a true point guard. As much as you like Marcus Smart, he wasn't a true point guard, and I think that's going to help Brown and Tatum in the long run. I'm not high on Golden State, as most people are, because when you have as much success as they have, I think age and wear and tear really starts to take its toll when you're in your early 30s or mid-30s, like most of their stars are. The Better Angle tips off every Saturday at 4 Eastern on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Download the BetMGM app today and lock in all basketball season long. Sports bettors, wrap up your day with BetMGM tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Starring Ryan Horvath, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew on a BetQL network. This is the type of game where it could go either way because neither team plays defense. So it's just oh, whoever shoots the ball Miller, better. Brandon, Brandon, Brandon. Corey Kispert, Kispert three, that's three, a splash. 94-77. Look at the boys. This is the night you should have bet on them. See, this is what happens. And I've told you this. Man- oh, you did? Did you? You told me you didn't. You are full of lies. Well, he I didn't want to bring us- bad energy into the room, damn it. He- he you already know us. what it is. When the Wizards are on that court and I'm stuck in this room, I'm betting them. All right? Show rule. I don't care if they play the 95-96 Bulls. Mm-hmm. All right? I don't care. They'll shut Luke Longley's ass down. Well, they'll... that's not that hard. I hate this. BetMGM tonight, 7 to 11 Eastern, on America's home for wagertainment, the BetQL Network, presented by the king of sportsbooks, BetMGM. Download the BetMGM app today. Please gamble responsibly. Always live on the free Odyssey app.
Former MLB big leaguer Cody Decker is here to make baseball fun again on BetQL Network's Bet for the Cycle. Jordan Love, you can say whatever you want about the guy. Through his first 11 games in Sports Illustrated did a full article breaking down his first 11 games compared to Aaron Rodgers' first 11 games. Two less touchdowns than Jordan Love. He's doing just fine. Christian McCaffrey is the NFL MVP right now. The best football player in the National Football League right now. He was doing stupid things with the football as a pass catcher as a runner, as RB1, as WR2, effectively, Christian McCaffrey doesn't win this award, then I go ahead and propose that we change the name of the NFL MVP to the MVQ, and we just make it the most valuable quarterback award because Christian McCaffrey is, and this is how the kids say it, ladies and gentlemen, freaking him at this point. Don't miss Bet for the Cycle every Saturday from noon to 4 Eastern, only on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, with Joe Ostrowski, Ed Egros, and Aaron Hawksworth, from BetQL. Tight formation, Najee Harris in the backfield. Give it to him. Harris gets to the outside, and he's in. Touchdown. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And it is Futures Day here on the program. And let's start by talking about who will win the AFC North. The favorite, the Ravens, are at minus 300 right now. Uh, they do have the highest handle at 30% per BetMGM. But the biggest liability would be the Pittsburgh Steelers at 5-1 to one to win the division. And despite all the quarterback issues, the Browns are not that far behind at plus 550. Joe, are you taking a flyer on Pittsburgh or Cleveland here? I guess you could say that this is the only division in the AFC that still has a race with two-thirds of the season done. A waste to go. Uh, But it does feel like the other ones are a wrap with three games in the lost column in the East, couple in the lost column in the West, plus it's KC that you're chasing. Uh, and then the feeling was with the Jacksonville win over the weekend that that one's done too. I'm only, I'm thinking about Pittsburgh, thinking about it. And we're five to one Cleveland. You no, no. I, okay. I guess that's where the conversation starts. We all, all of us eliminated Burrow. The numbers have eliminated uh, Burrow in Cincinnati uh, once that injury occurred. But with Cleveland and all the injuries that have piled up, it's not just Miles Garrett, and it's not just at the quarterback position. Their schedule is pretty soft the rest of the way for the division. And and maybe it's a different conversation for the playoffs. But for the division, it's one back in the loss column. Are we eliminating Cleveland right now? I I am just because I'm banking on a couple other teams to make the playoffs. So I'm hoping things start to unravel a little bit for them. And (laughs) that's one team I would need to drop. Yeah. I I look at the quarterback situation for the Browns and I can't help but compare it with Lamar Jackson. And yeah, Kenny Pickett, all right, whatever you want to think of him, like he is in a better offensive system. And that's something we can certainly talk about in just a bit. But there's no way that a Browns defense, as great as it has been all season long, they're starting to show some weaknesses. They are starting Mm -hmm. to get injured. I don't know where the faith and the optimism is supposed to come from, despite having a weaker schedule. Yeah, you can have a weaker schedule, sure, but 
Who are the quarterbacks you're going up against? Who are the head coaches you're going up against? You're not facing the Carolina Panthers every single week. You can have a weaker schedule, but you can still face decent, average, mediocre teams, and you may not be able to beat them. So in that respect, I almost feel like that looking at schedule the rest of the way, you do have to adjust based upon the overall quality of the team you're looking at. Mm-hmm. And it's Amari Cooper too now, and it's Garrett, yeah. and it's DTR. Guys, I don't think we're that far away from seeing a Joe Flacco snap. Like, mm-hmm. it, it might be happening really, really soon. And just that idea is laughable. So at 7-4, and four, like there's a team that you want to pass up. Look, I mean, Pittsburgh's the only one that you would consider. And there are a few things uh, working in their advantage. And, and I quickly mentioned their upcoming three games. It's actually four. Like, I need to be reminded that Cincinnati's one of the easy teams now. It's Jake Browning and the Bengals. It's a defense that uh, teams are running up and down the field on. So it's Arizona, mm-hmm. New England, Indy, Cincinnati. Pittsburgh should be a favorite in all four of those games, right? Mm-hmm. Is the Indy game on the road? I mean, maybe maybe that's one that's kind of close, but they should be favored to win the next four. And, um, you know, will they? I don't know. We'll see. But um, Baltimore's going on by right now. And the Steelers have already beaten the Ravens. So they're one back in the loss column. Steelers have one. Steelers have an easy schedule for a month. And the Ravens still have the Niners and Dolphins on their schedule. So is it going to come down to that last week? I think there's a decent chance it can. I'm trying not to go overboard with the change of offensive coordinator and all that. Um, now, look, like Tomlin, when they're facing tough teams, he keeps it close. You you want Tomlin getting a field goal or more. Now, how are they going to perform as a favorite? That's going to be the interesting thing. But the way he coaches, these games that they're supposed to win, the score's probably going to be a little closer than it should. Like, I don't know, mm-hmm. like Sunday? <laughs> they only scored – yeah, they had over 400 yards, but they only scored 16 points. They should have done a lot more. But, yeah, guys, I do think uh, – I'm thinking more and more that it's going to come down to that final week. And looking at that right now, if you think it's going to come down to the final week, yes, the Steelers will be significant underdogs. The Ravens are a much better team. They, they have, you know, the advantage almost everywhere, right? But at 5-1, to one, if it's going to come down to that last week, it feels like you should – probably grab that then and also it's one of the best rivalries in sports in my opinion Steelers right. Ravens I mean low scoring so they know each other so well even if the Ravens are favorites and it is in Baltimore it's still I, I expect a very competitive matchup if it comes down to that cannot wait for that game another x factor in this if we're looking at playoffs is the colts i need the colts to drop down and i need the browns to drop down (laughs) well you don't have to worry about the browns i I think that's a safe play right there but uh as far as the colts go i i don't know that that's not a team that i'm necessarily thinking too much about right now but I would like to circle back to this idea about what the Steelers are going to look like going forward, because let's say we should overreact to the Steelers blaming Canada for all of their woes. (laughs) Well, if we look at this last game here, point differential I get in general is such to where it's, you know, more predictive than wins and losses, but it's a lot less predictive than say advanced metrics that we have that we cite all the time in the Steelers Mm -hmm. first game without Matt Canada. 
Kenny Pickett had an EPA per drop back of 0.24 and a success rate of 45.9%. Those are really good numbers. And one of the reasons is because Pratt, Pat Fryermuth was healthy. And they're also targeting receivers aligned tight a good bit more. So it was a wrinkle that defenses weren't prepared for. Now we're starting to see this stuff on film. So that matters a good bit as far as how to game plan for such things. But if you compare that one game with what Lamar Jackson has done all season long, he's only had two games Jackson has with EPA higher than Kenny Pickett's and six games or half the season with a higher success rate than what Kenny Pickett just achieved. Bengals game, Chargers game were both worse. That was when the Ravens did not have Mark Andrews. Now, I understand this is a little bit of small sample size theater, but in terms of what the ceiling is for the Steelers, I don't think that ceiling is so much lower to the point where they can't catch up with Baltimore. And so in mm-hmm. this exercise of finding hashtag value, I think five to one's just fine. Yeah. I mean, I think there's also value in betting Steelers to win the AFC, and you could also hedge if it's not, and if they're in the championship game. I think it's like, what was it, 25 to 1 or something like that? It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Do we want to do that? You could also. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's think about the path real quick. Sure. Let's Let's say, uh, what seed do we want to give Pittsburgh? Right now they're the five, right? So, Mm -hmm. God, they're not getting the division. We're going with them as a wild card, right, for the purpose of this conversation? Sure. That's fine. Okay. Yeah, I think five seed, six seed, I think that's okay. There might be some random team that makes a bit of a push and takes over, but five or six, I'm fine with that. Yeah. How How big of an underdog are they this weekend at Miami, if that's the game we're talking about in the wild card round? Oh boy! Uh, right, it's gonna be. That's where we're starting. Uh, it, it, Five, could it be six? six? Yeah, I'd say six. Uh, I'd say at least six. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see uh, how Miami looks the rest of the way. It's people are gonna be like, "Hmm, Pickett versus Tua. Look what Tua's done mm-hmm. at home." Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And the Dolphins, if their defense continues to play better, like, how are they gonna be able to keep up? It, it's yeah. 
six sounds about right. But okay, so then let, let's say they they shock the world and and they win that game. It's a big underdog, and then it's just going to be what would the next one be? Which I'm trying to think what side of the bracket they would be on. But I'm just it's going to be game after game for them to get to the AFC Championship game. And it, you know, probably something comparable in the divisional round, right? Mm-hmm. Point spread wise, just man, like what it's going to take for them and Kenny Pickett to get that far. Oh man, I don't, I don't oh. know that I could do that. Yeah, it's almost as if moneyline I... rollovers might be the better play, assuming that's how that would play out. Where sure. you're going after, you know. And maybe even like alt spreads after that, like saying, okay, they should probably win by at least two. Like, are there really going to be one point affairs? And so you just do Steelers minus one and a half, three straight times where the Chiefs are probably involved in this exercise as well. I have to imagine playing on the road at Arrowhead and Pat Mahomes in the playoffs. It's uh, a fairly decent bet. So that might even be larger than six at that point. But yeah, like even if you do like that possibility, like you do need to play with the math to see which is the better outcome, either money line rollovers, alt spread rollovers, or just taking it right now. That let's say what we threw out there is accurate. Like the just the idea that it comes down to week number 18 between Baltimore and Pittsburgh. How big is that game? I mean, look at it. The Mm. bottom of the AFC, we, you know, on repeat, I think we got used to saying it. That, oh, the FC is so tough. Oh, the FC is so tough. There's going to be a lot of really good teams that miss playoffs. Do we feel that way now? Look at the six and seven right now. Mm-hmm. I, I, no. If you're a two or a three, you're in a great spot. Now, now you're not looking, as long as it's not a team like the Bills, now you're not looking at it and saying, oh, man, we're going to be challenged. That's why you need to get that by. It's going to be such a huge advantage. Like, if you draw the Colts in the first round, no. That's 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 a very easy. We're going to see some large point spreads in that wild card round w- in the AFC side. I wouldn't want to draw the Texans. <laughs> right, that's I'd fair. rather have the Colts. Yeah, yeah. Like it will depend upon who you draw. Like the Texans would scare me. The Bills, if they somehow make it, they're really frightening. Uh, if somehow the Browns hang on and make a wild card spot, uh, you don't really care about them. Broncos, like yeah, the defense is really good, but the quarterback's going to be good. Colts, yeah. Uh, Your Broncos. I guess the Bengals are. Yeah, <laughs> let's ride. <laughs> Broncos phobia, live no and well. No way the Bengals are making the playoffs. No, I don't think so. There's no way. No, uh, but as long as we're talking about those teams down there. I think, you know, the reaction was, man, the Bills are probably going to have to have to sweep. After taking a step back and looking at it, I don't think they have to run the table. And they're still really, really scary. Now, the schedule's really tough. We know that. I mean, we talked about how it, it was going to take a turn, and it's taking a turn right now. And then they, they got stuck with the Eagles. But Cleveland, the six. Cleveland has a soft schedule. None of us believe they're making the playoffs. Indy, the seven, very vulnerable. They have a soft schedule as well. Does anybody believe the Colts are making it? Or are we going to see different sixes and sevens in there? Well, that's what I'm hoping for. That's why I brought them up. Like, I need the – I really think it's going to – the Colts and Browns will drop out of it and the Texans and Broncos are going to move in. Mm, Texans and Broncos? So the sixth, yeah. Oh, wow. What 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 gives you optimism in the Broncos, Aaron? 
I think a lot of us thought Sean Payton would turn this team around. It's just taken a lot longer, and now they're on this winning streak. They've got a lot of confidence. Hold up their schedule. So they've got uh, – sorry, it's right here. They've got Houston, Chargers, Lions, real, all on the road. So that's going to be a really tough test. But then they've got yeah. England, Chargers, Vegas. I think the Broncos could move in. That that it's gets not you to what impossible. nine and eight. Like, is that kind of a safe conclusion there? Like, yeah, you've got some beatable teams. You might win one, you shouldn't lose one, you shouldn't. So about nine and eight. Like, does nine and eight get you in? And if that's no. the case, then you know, Joe, going back to your point about the Bills, they go yeah. three and two the rest of the way. They're also nine and eight. So now you're dealing with say tiebreakers mm. and fluky things. And stuff they like they would lose the a tiebreaker point- to Denver. They lost. Okay, to Denver. they would lose a tiebreaker. All right. Oh, yes. Yeah. Fair Let's enough. Go. Let's ride. There it is. That's <laughs> that. That's just you know reading the legalese Rusty at the bottom of the Russ. sheet there. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but no, Joe. Going back to your point about do the Bills have to sweep? Like, no, they don't. They don't have to run the table. No. Four and one probably. Three and two may still be able to do it, depending upon who you beat and how everyone else does. But right. one quick exercise I want to get to real fast, as far as the Bills are concerned, when you look at the Bills' defense. I'd say it was around week six when everything fell apart for them with all those injuries, Matt Milano being the notable one and all that stuff. In that mm-hmm. time, the Bills have had the 10th worst defensive success rate. That's not good, but it's not historically bad Broncos from the start of the year. It's still enough where you can still win some football games, especially with how well Josh Allen has been playing. And yes, it checks out all of those losses have been close, but we're looking at plus 475 for them to make the playoffs. I think yeah. that's hashtag value. I think so too. Yeah. After, e- even though it's tough, it's tough for two more games. It's Casey mm-hmm. and Dallas. And then, you know, it, there is a New England in there. There's a Chargers in there. Say what you want about their talent. But I mean, look, they have a ton of injuries and you can, you can get them. It's going to be Bill's country out in LA for that game. And then, yep. you know, maybe the Dolphins, it doesn't matter <laughs> the last game for them. So. Right. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a path for the Bills still. So figure that out. F- five to one for playoff spot, fifty to one Super Bowl, whatever. God, I can't quit them. This is BetQL Daily presented by. Magic 8-Ball on the wall? Show me the greatest wagertainment morning show of them all. I introduce to you The Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins, the Emmy winner. The eye test tells you maybe this isn't the strongest team in the country, no question, but there's no denying the talent. And of course, me, I need chaos. Chelsea Messenger, the athlete. You know, colored me a little jaded on this one. How consistent can he be? How consistent will the effort be? Because we have seen this story before. It's a magical three-hour blend of wagering. I went 8-0 on my best bets last night. It's time for Teaser Tuesday. And pop culture. I listen to the best player on the planet, and the first question is about Taylor Swift. I need a break. Whether you're new to wagering or a seasoned vet, the Daily Tip is your go-to morning show weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern. Watch on YouTube at Odyssey Sports or listen anytime on the go with the free Odyssey app. 
Start your day with a daily tip presented by BetMGM. Featuring Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. When you see something like this where there is a star player who is questionable, because we're going to deal with this a lot during the NBA season, especially because we are a morning show. Do you try to guess if this player is playing or do you simply sit out this game and say, okay, if he doesn't play, I don't like this bet. This early in the morning is definitely tough to cap India. I, I feel like, at least for me, handicapping the NBA is the hardest sport to handicap. That's just personal to me. I find it very difficult. One of the reasons you mentioned is, yes, who's going to play, who's not. Sometimes we find out minutes before the game, an hour before the game. Right now, it's 647 in the East. None of these decisions have been made. The Daily Tip, weekday morning, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, on America's home for wagertainment, the BetQL Network, presented by the king of sportsbooks, BetMGM. Download the BetMGM app today. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Please gamble responsibly. Get locked into You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. With Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Rod Gilmore covering college football as a game analyst for ESPN. Well, I am a Heisman voter, and the Heisman Trust is very adamant about keeping your votes secret until after having voted. So it would be a real no-no for me to say, here my one, two, and three guys. <laughs> I, will, I will say this. The list is the right list. I think the way Michael Penix Jr. has played this season has just been phenomenal. Bo Nix has, man, I mean, he's been unbelievable for two years now. Marvin Harrison Jr., I think he may be the best football player uh, in the country. I think that's sort of the right list, but I leave room for a guy who just really blows up the next two or three weeks. I think there's room for player X. You better you bet. 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern on America's home for wagertainment, the BetQL Network, presented by the king of sportsbooks, BetMGM. Download the BetMGM app today. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Please gamble responsibly. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, with Joe Ostrowski, Ed Egros, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome back to Make You All Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. If we're hearing grunge music, shouldn't Joe be wearing the, the flannel here? We go uh, early 90s Seattle, uh, kind of put the whole thing together, Aaron. Is that how it's supposed to go? I have noticed Joe hasn't worn a flannel since Paul called him out on his collection. What do you Is want? something to that? My collection. It's it's collection. not even a collection. It's one shirt, Aaron. That's why you got called out. It's one shirt. No, it's <laughs> not one. Like I have a bunch of them. Sorry, multiple There's five. Shirt. Then that is a collection. If you have more than three, it is. What is? Right. Sorry, you I, guys are all. Idiots. I wear hoodies every day. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, the I wear hoodies more, like eighty percent of the time, much more often. But anyway, who but, cares? but they're different. Hoodies, I've got my I've got know, my like hoodie they're... collection. Okay, yeah. is that salt water? Uh, you fasting? No, no, it's like a lemonade thing. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. All right. What 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 is this? Is this from Lake Michigan? Is this, is I mean, Jesus Christ! <laughs> shut up, all you idiots! <laughs> <laughs> all right. I want to see. Uh, I want to so... see Joe. A picture of Joe on the beach in Mexico wearing a flannel, like. Deep V flannel oh. on the beach of Mexico. Are we done? Are we done yet? With a yeah. Hide around skin. the waist. 
like like back in the summertime, uh, out coaching baseball. You and, know, you know the the power's a little red. You guys all like to pick on me, but but we have different rules for different people on the show. I get it. I get it. All right, I'll play your game. Oh, Go ahead, pick on Joe. Pick on Joe's all not of gonna us. Go. Uh, <laughs> Joe literally talks I the do? most smack about anyone on this show. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. No, oh so, no, I don't. Not to you guys. I never pick on anybody. I'm a nice human. Oh, it's off the air. It's, it's behind the oh, scenes. Okay. Right. It's not on the air. <laughs> right. Fully yeah. behind our back. Uh, I, hate, so... I hate all of you equally. <laughs> That's cool. Nice. Yeah. That what... Merry Christmas, That's everybody. By the way, uh, Jake would 1,000%. Jake would 1,000% back us all up on this, by the way. He probably picks on Jake the most. Oh, I definitely do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. With that. Mm-hmm. But anyways. So it's fine. Yeah, uh, you, you, okay. Yeah, NFC playoffs here. Uh, make or miss the playoffs here. So I think we have all agreed when we're looking at, say, the wild card portion of the playoffs that the second place team in the NFC East will get that first wild card spot. Uh, it would require some mathematical galaxy brain to uh, see anyone else getting that. But either the Cowboys or the Eagles will have the five seed done. As far as the standings right now, Seattle has the sixth spot at six and five. The Vikings still have a wild card spot currently at six and six, followed by the Packers at five and six, Rams at five and six, and Saints at five and six. So, Joe, my question to you is okay, what do we do with the six and seven seeds? Will it still be Seattle and Minnesota, or has the door been opened for somebody else? Hmm. God. Bottom of the NFC sucks too. It's going to be right. bad. Yeah, I I think Seattle's going to fall off just with the quarterback play that we've been seeing there. Minnesota, like it felt last night, like okay, you got one touchdown in the game. You let the Bears beat you. You're at home, but we do need to remember that when they come back from the bye, they're going to have Justin Jefferson. It's hard mm. to just completely forget that what we saw. Packers are certainly trending up. I don't know where the Rams are trending. We shouldn't overreact to a win against the Cardinals. We shouldn't go too far. And, yes, I I guess the way they did it, it was impressive. And it's good. Kyron Williams, big part of that offense. And Cup's healthier than we were expecting him to be, at least for this past week. Dude, the Saints are a dumpster fire. (laughs) I I don't even think they're going to enter this conversation. No, they really are. They're, they're just mm-hmm. – they have a bad head coach. The quarterback isn't good. Everybody's hurt. It's looking like they're going to miss their receiver one, two, and three this week. You have Lattimore hurt. Like, they are a disaster. Like, so who's going to step up? I I think it comes down to Green Bay. Is this, isn't this just a Green yeah. Bay conversation? I think so. It is. And wouldn't you rather bet – the Packers at plus 108 to make the playoffs and the Saints at minus 110. That doesn't make sense to me. Now, I get it. The Packers are playing the Chiefs. It's not the easiest schedule the rest of the way, but I think I have more confidence in the Packers making the playoffs at plus money than I do the Saints at minus 110. And that makes a whole lot of sense to me in large part because with Derek Carr, we know what we're going to get out of him, right? Like he's been in the league Mm -hmm. long enough and we've seen him in this particular system to where 
what you see is what you get. There are no more questions. There's no more feeling out and trying to gel with other receivers, all that stuff. All those spats with Chris Alave in terms of miscommunication that we saw earlier in the year, notably against that, against the Jaguars in that Thursday night game, that's there, right? Like, I don't know how that changes in such a short period of time, especially with receivers being hurt for New Orleans. Meanwhile, with the Packers, I think it's important to remember this context that Jordan Love is still an inexperienced quarterback. He may not be young per se, but he is inexperienced. And that means the ceiling probably is higher for him. And if that's the case, then yes, the Packers could very well have a tougher road. And that's probably where those odds are coming from because the NFC North, I think it's safe to say, is a good bit tougher than the NFC South right now. Look who's leading the South. It's the Falcons. How many times have we made fun of the Falcons? Like, we make fun of the Falcons way more than Joe's flannel shirt collection. And that is a fact if you go back and look at (laughs) Jesus. I mean, let's not talk about the SMU on Friday. Oh, my God. Jesus. Uh, That was rough. No, I I mean, the the Saints are – we should make fun of the Saints more. Like, take another field goal, Dennis Allen, please. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's a disaster. The, I mean, no, but the whole division is like, is Tampa Bay going to be there at any point? Like, like no, yeah. I don't, I don't think so at all. It's just I don't really like I've said all year with that division. I don't want to bet on any of them to do anything. Like, I don't want to bet on mm-hmm. them to win a game. I don't want to bet on them any of them make the playoffs. I don't want to bet on any of them to win the division. It's just uh, it's a complete mess down is, there. Is, that, but, a, is like, that how you feel as far as like me not betting on the Broncos anymore? Are we kind of in simpatico as far as like I these mean, are your teams completely off limits and it's in the entire division? I've said it all year. Like before the year one, nothing to do with the division. In year, I want nothing to do with the division. It's just it's it's a complete mess. And I mean, like just the idea that we're even talking about the Buccaneers because they're kind of in the team photo is a joke. They have the same amount of wins as the Giants, Bears and Commanders. Like that's just like they could make the playoffs. It's just so it's so dumb. Mm -hmm. Really dumb. It's like which team do you trust down here? uh, Right now it's the Packers, but in general, none of them. I got. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I just don't know what the Rams are right now. Like, I need to see more of what this is before I have confidence in it. And, and then the NFC South is just—I don't want to bet on the Falcons or the Saints. I just pulled up both of their remaining schedules. Honestly, as much as I hate the Saints, maybe they have an easier path. But I don't know. It's a tough one. And I mean, the Falcons, you know what? Yeah, it's a toss up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and and you also trust coaching for Green Bay, right? Like, hasn't Matt LaFleur earned the benefit of the doubt? Like, I get in terms of like when Aaron Rodgers is ever dealing with any coach whatsoever. And, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, completely different story. But it's almost as though whenever Aaron Rodgers is being coached up by literally anybody, Some people always side with the, well, it's Aaron Rodgers. He knows how to do everything. Well, I give some of the credit for Rodgers' MVP runs to Matt LaFleur. Doesn't he deserve the benefit of the doubt that maybe he is a top 10 play designer and play caller? Like, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he was still phenomenal in those runs, sure. But, you know, it's a percentage, right? LaFleur, it's not zero, 
he had an it, impact in, in getting Rodgers to buy into a different system, Aaron. I agree, but it's only been like a few games with Jordan Love. Like a few weeks ago, I was questioning if Matt LaFleur was an idiot. So I don't know if I can quickly turn around <laughs> and say that he deserves all this credit in just a couple weeks later. <laughs> Make yeah. a meme of that, like idiot and like red font. <laughs> like that I did. Font. I'm sure Gertz can find the clip. I pretty much called him an idiot like a month ago. So there's no way I could say that he deserves all this credit now. And I I'm probably looking like the idiot because of the turnaround. But uh I don't know. I think it's a small sample size for me to say for sure at this point. I mean also it's just also bad. We're probably going too far on the Packers. Like, oh, my God, this miraculous turnaround. They scored against the Lions defense, which is trash right now. Like, they're terrible. They've been bad for a month. Um, They beat the Chargers by a field goal. Oh, yippee. You beat the Chargers team, which we talk about them like they're a contender. But in reality, they're not. They stink as well. And they're going to be getting a new head coach. And, yeah, it's just like, okay. And and they just lost to the Packers. And eh, I don't know. So you beat up the Rams. A lot of the close games they lost early on, like Atlanta, Denver, Vegas, now they're winning those games. And it's mm-hmm. happened lately, and love is improving. So it probably mm-hmm. feels like they've gotten a lot better than they actually are. But you don't have to be that yeah. good to get that last no, spot don't. in the wild card. And that's, and that's the end of the at the end of the day that that's how it looks real quickly uh should we talk about the nfc east with the eagles uh at minus 1200 cowboys at seven to one because if the eagles lose to the niners isn't there value in just taking the cowboys right now and remember they play thursday so operators are standing by here (laughs) i was surprised that it's seven to one Mm -hmm. i thought it'd be closer i'd be i'm expecting closer like the five to one range like we saw in pittsburgh two game gap they get Philly again. Yeah. And, and Jalen Hurts is hobbled still, right? I mean, I as much as I trash the Cowboys, even I might place that bet. Just for the value you're getting. You need Hurts' mobility to knock off the 49ers. If it's not there, then I have some questions. So that's a very important point. This is Becky Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, Vaughn Dalzell joins us with all of his NBA and college hoop bets right here on the Becky Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, with Joe Ostrowski, Ed Egros, and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network.